Um, my message to you this morning is titled, What is your return on investment? What's your ROI? In the investment world, that's the, the acronym that's used. What is your ROI? And the scripture that was read earlier is, this, is the text for the message. And for those who joined after the scripture was read, the text is taken from Matthew 25, from verse 14 to 30. And without reading it again, um, just for your benefit, I recap. It's that scripture that tells of the story of the master that was leaving for a trip. And he gave three of his servants some talents. One he gave five. One he gave two, and to one he gave one. And the one that he gave five bags to, it went and he invested it. And when the master came back, he gave the master five on top of what he had given him. And so the master um, acknowledged that. And so he would have gotten 10 for an investment of five. The one he gave to, he went and he invested it and he came back and he gave the master another two on top of what he got. And the third servant went and he buried his talent. So when the master came back, he gave him back what he had given him, which was just one talent. And so um, th that's a context for the message this morning. Um, and so I want to start out by giving a definition this morning. And I'm going to ask you to bear with me because I'm going to have to do um, some slide sharing. Okay. So are you, are you seeing my screen? So this is the definition of ROI. ROI is what you make minus what you put in, multiplied by 100, sorry, divided by what you put in, multiplied by 100. So essentially it is the profit on your investments divided by what you put in times 100. That is what the ROI is. And so, um, let me stop this. And so um, with that definition of ROI, in the, in, in the world of investment, an investor compares the performance of different portfolios based on the ROI. So you can have an investor who invests in stocks. You can have an investor who puts his money in a bank account and the means by which you can compare the overall performance of each investment portfolio is the ROI. So the types of investment, the investment instruments don't have to be the same, but the ROI is a, is a, is a means by which you can compare even if there are different types of investments that the investor has invested in. So we're gonna look at another example. Um, another example is using investor A and investor B. So investor A, I'll share my screen again. Investor A has invested in stocks. And this investor has put $2,000 in stocks. 
sorry, $1,000. The investment was $1,000. From that $1,000, they made $2,000. So remember the ROI is what you make minus what you put in. So they made 2,000 minus what he put in, which was 1,000 divided by what he put in, which is 1,000 times 100. So we see here that the ROI is 100%. You following me? Right. Investor B, his investment is in a savings account. And sorry, account is misspelled, but that investor's investment is in a savings account. He put in $1 million in the savings account. At the end of the year, he had $1.1 million. So his ROI is what he made, the 1.1 million, minus what he put in, the 1 million, divided by what he put in, 1 million times 100. So we see that his ROI is 10%. Everybody good, good so far? Okay, great. So looking at that, it would be, um, Tashina, I'm gonna ask you to help me here, please, with this stop, with this stop, this stop share. Yes, Tashina, can you hear me? Are you still seeing my screen? No, okay, great, all right, thank you. All right, so we see investor A and investor B, what the performance of their individual portfolio is. So the nature of the investment are different, but the common measure for the assessment of the performance of the portfolio is the ROI. And the stock was a 100% ROI. The savings account was a 10% ROI. But this is what I want us to get this morning. Only the investor knows the quality of the performance of the portfolio. Why? Because only the investor knows the value of what he put into that investment. So imagine somebody getting a hold of the statement for investor A, and they see on that statement, there's a profit of $1,000. And the same person gets a hold of the statement of investor B's account, and they see from investor B's statement that he has made a profit of $100,000. Without knowing the value of what was invested, that person can quickly conclude that investor B is doing well, because guess what? His profit is $100,000 versus a profit of $1,000. But only the investor knows that the performance of his, in, of, of his investment relative to the other, because he knows the value of what he put in. So investors A ROI was 100%, while investor B's ROI was only 10%. What does that have to do with us as Christians? We all have a ROI. God has invested something in each and every one of us. Our responsibility is to ensure that he gets good value for his return on his investment. In Matthew 25, we read where the master gave different amounts of money to three different servants. One got five, one got two, one got one. And what I found interesting is that he never told them what to do with it. 
but he was expecting a return on his investment. What God has placed in you requires that you give him a return on his investment. So have you identified what it is God has deposited in you? Is it the ability to preach? Or is it the ability to teach? The ability to generate wealth? The ability to operate in the prophetic? The ability to listen and be a source of comfort for others? Could it be the ability to speak? What is the value of what God has put in you and what are you doing with it? What is your ROI? That's my question to you this morning. If God has given you the ability to teach his word, are you teaching his word? If yes, are you doing it to the best of your ability? Or is it mediocre? Maybe it is, I'm going to use the example of a Sunday school teacher a couple of times. So I want you, I want you to, to, to catch this. Maybe it is that you are a Sunday school teacher. And you're satisfied that you are giving back to God. In your mind, you're the best Sunday school teacher that you can be. And maybe you are the best Sunday school teacher that you can be. But what if the return on the value of what God has placed in you is now only 20%? What if he's saying to you that the return that he's getting from you is not satisfactory because he has called you to be more than a Sunday school teacher. He's called you to lead a small group. He gave you five talents and you have invested the five talents, but instead of giving him a return of another five on top of that five, you're giving him a return of three. So of eight rather. So the total that he would have made is eight. So the profit on his investment in you is three. Following me? So with that three, if you divide that three over the five that he gave you, your ROI is only 60%. Is that satisfactory? Could God be saying to you that 60% is not enough? You know that you're capable of giving him back another five on top of the five that he gave you but you're settling for giving him three on top of the five that he gave you. You're satisfied with teaching Sunday school because you can't be bothered to do what, what, whatever else it is that he's calling you to do. You, you're running because you don't want the responsibility. You can't deal with the different personalities. You don't like this person, you don't like that person. So you're satisfied with just teaching Sunday school. And you fool yourself into thinking that because you're a good Sunday school teacher, that that is enough. And worse, what could have happened or what could be happening is that as a Sunday school teacher, for the last five years, you're getting Sunday school teacher of the year award. Every year you get a pat on, pat on the back. Well done. You're a great Sunday school teacher. But guess what? Awards and pats on the back are recognition from men. Men are satisfied with your 60% ROI. On the face of it, it looks good. But God knows what it is that he has placed in you, what he has invested in you, and he knows that your 60% is not good enough. 
he knows that you're capable of giving more than the 60%. Maybe it looks good for, for, for John, but not for you because you're called to do more than teach Sunday school. Maybe it is you have the gift of prayer. And because we're in such a virtual world and, and the age of technology, particularly for those of us who are in the purposeful group, you'll be able to identify with what I'm saying. And even if you're not a part of that group, you, you, you more than likely will be able to appreciate what I'm saying with these groups on, on WhatsApp. And as a prayer request is sent out and you respond with the praying hands or you respond to say praying. And you know, you know that you have the gift of, of praying. And we all pray, we know that, but we each have different gifts. But instead of sacrificing the time to pick up the phone and call that person who needs prayer, or if they're within your vicinity, to take the time and go and visit that person, you settle for all praying hands. And you whisper a prayer in the privacy of your home. And you may pray genuinely, you may pray fervently, but God is calling you to do more than just pray in your private space. God is calling you to pick up the phone and pray with that person, or he's calling you to go and visit that person and sit with them and pray with them. 60% is not going to cut it because he has called you to do more than that. If God were to stop right now and check his investment account in you, Rifa, in you, Ruth, in you, Jordan, in you, Tamar, and everybody else that is on, what would your ROI be as at now? What are you doing with what he has placed in you? And I, I want to use myself as an example as I share this morning. I'm part of a prayer line that meets daily. And I'm responsible for sharing on a Monday morning. And I usually um, sign in about 6, 6 a.m. or so. And usually I have something prepared ahead of time to share the Monday morning. But two, week, two weekends ago, I went to visit my parents and had a good time enjoying their company and didn't have anything prepared. And up to when I was driving back home that Sunday evening, I didn't know what I was going to share, but there are a couple of things that were going through my mind. And I felt like this is what the Lord wanted me to share. And got home, tired, hungry, feeling lazy, and just wanted to have a, a, a you know, a, a relaxing Sunday evening watching TV. Showered, sat down, ready to watch my TV and just kickback for the Sunday evening. And because I had in my mind what it is that I felt like the Lord was saying I should share, and I had in my mind bullet points. I said, okay, all right, I can get up a half hour earlier tomorrow morning and just jot them down and I can speak from the bullet points. And I knew that by my standards, I could get away with that because I could speak from the points and, you know, um, share what, what I needed to share. And persons would probably have been encouraged or challenged by it, but I was convicted. Why? Because I knew that what God has placed in me requires more than bullet points. It requires me doing more than just enough. I would not have given back to God fully 
a full return on what he has placed in me. I know that the God has given uh, that God has given me the, the gift of, of teaching his word. And what that requires for me is for me to sit down, make notes, type things out, do references. You know, I'm very visual. So a lot of times I use imagery and examples in, in my messages. And so I know that that's the gift that the Lord has placed in me. And so what, because I was convicted, I didn't even turn on the TV, picked up my laptop and I typed and I typed out the message to share. And let me make this clear. Nothing is wrong with speaking from points. Nothing is wrong with speaking from jottings. For, for some who I am also familiar with, that is their gift. And so for them to spend three or four hours or however long it takes to type something out may be very much a waste of time because that is not what the Lord has called them to do. But for me, I know to give my full arrow eye requires for me to sit down and type things out. And so though making the notes was not acceptable for me, the bullet points, it may be acceptable for somebody else. So I want you to, I want you to get that clear this morning. So my question to you this morning is, do you see yourself in any of the scenarios that I've painted? Do you see yourself in the Sunday school teacher? Do you see, do you see yourself in the example I used, using myself? Are you willing to settle with doing the bare minimum with what God has put in you because for others it is acceptable? Or are you willing to give God your absolute best? Remember the ROI, the definition of the ROI is what you make minus what you put in divided by what you put in times a hundred. Let me put it another way. What God makes on you minus what he has put in you divided by what he has put in you. What is God making on what he has put in you? You may be giving tithes and offerings and you may be financing kingdom work. And to man, to men, this is commendable. This is good. You're doing what the Bible requires you to do. But what if God is calling you to do more than give? Whatever that doing represents, what if God is calling you to do more? Whatever that do more represents for you. Or Maybe it is that you are giving tithes and you're making your contribution to the kingdom, but God is calling you to step out beyond that. And he's saying, I want you to do street ministry. I want you to go door to door and witness in your community. Maybe it is he's saying, listen, I need you to form a cell group at work and minister to people in that setting. But you're holding back because you feel that what you're giving God is enough. After all, you're, you're a generous giver, but your ROI is not what it's supposed to be. It's not what God, God expects of you. Or maybe it is that the, 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 the Lord is calling you to step outside of your comfort zone to do something that you're unfamiliar with. But you're resisting because of fear, because of a lack of faith. And in your mind, you may be thinking, God, how can you be calling me to do this? Or how can you be calling me to do that? I don't know how to do this. I don't know. I don't have the resources. I don't have the connections. I don't know which doors to knock on. 
so so god i will I, I won't trust you that you have already placed before me what i need i won't trust you that as i go the doors will open before me i won't trust you that you will align me with the right people so so lord let me just bury the talents that you've given me let me bury what you have deposited in me because that's the safest thing for me to do it's my comfort zone and so those talents, those giftings, that investment that the, the Lord has put in you lays dormant. Are you that servant this morning? The servant who buried the talents? And I want us to look at the ROI of that servant because I think it will be a powerful illustration. Um, allow me to get this back up. So remember that servant got a talent of one and he came back with the one that he got. Let us look at the calculation of his ROI. Remember the definition, I'll go over again. What you make minus what you put in divided by what you put in times 100. What did the master make on his investment in that servant? zero right am i right so it's zero minus the one that he put in divided by the one that he put in times a hundred you see what the roi is minus 100 on the face of it without thinking about it you think that the roi is zero but the roi is not zero the roi is minus 100 percent why is the ROI minus 100%? Because he did not do anything with what he got. So it's not even that the master had an ROI of zero. If he had an ROI of zero, at least he would not have lost. But he had an ROI of minus 100%. For him to have a zero ROI means that the servant would have at least had to come back with one on top of the one. So the one minus one would be zero divided by one. Everything would be zero. But he came back with zero on top of what he got. In an investment, if the ROI is, is negative, it means the investment is generating a loss. Consider that. If your ROI is negative, the investment in you is generating a loss. So I will ask you again, what is your ROI? Are you 100% like the first servant who got five talents? Or 100% like the second servant who got two talents? Or is it negative like the third servant? Let's go back for a minute to the, the example of the Sunday school teacher. Maybe the gift that God has deposited in you requires nothing more of you. Maybe the Lord is saying, I've called you to be a Sunday school teacher and that is all I've called you to be. As the best teacher in your church, it means that you would have an ROI of 100%. You are giving God a great return, an excellent return on his investment in you. 
But if you know that he has put more in you than you're giving, then you're shortchanging God. Notice verse 15 of the chapter that we read. Verse 15 says, he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. It means that what God has given you is in proportion to the ability that he has placed in you. So if you're underperforming, then it means that you are not giving God the maximum of what he has, on what he has deposited in you. The master gave them according to their abilities. God has given us, accord, us according to our abilities. So God's investment in you is saying that he has already given you the ability to produce what he, has, he desires for you to produce. And I want us to look at another example, an illustration this time. Let us say, for example, um, I'll use Pastor Ava. Let us say Pastor Ava asked, I randomly picked somebody, asked you, uh, Tamar, or, or Laverne, I used Tamar before, asked you, Laverne, to, to do a sketch of a child. And, okay, so, okay, Pastor, yes, I'll, I'll do a sketch of the child. I'll share my screen again. This is what you give to Pastor. I mean, for somebody who is not artistic, this to me is a, is a really nice sketch of a child. Well done. But you know the ability that God has put in you. And pastor will get this answer. Boy, Laverne, this looks so good. And she do screen share and she show everybody. Look at what Laverne did. And pat on the back. Well done, Laverne. But Laverne, guess what? You know that you can do more than this. You know you can do better than this. But you're shortchanging because it's easy. This probably took you maybe, I don't know, maybe an hour. But you know God has deposited the skills in you, the abilities in you to do more than this. But to do more than this is going to require sacrifice of your time. It's going to require you giving up something that would ordinarily give you pleasure. Because to do your best requires more than the two hours to produce this that you're seeing. It's going to require 10 hours. But you know you have it in you to produce. And that image on the right is what you're capable of producing. And would you believe that image on the right, it's not a photograph, it's a pencil sketch. It's drawn with a pencil. And so Lavern, you know you can do that image with that child, water and everything dripping off him from using a pencil sketch as opposed to the image on the left. But because you know that this, the image on the left still look nice, and everybody will be satisfied with that. You shortchange and you give the, 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 the drawing of the girl. When you know fully well, God has given you the skill set to produce that excellent piece of artwork that is shown there on the right. That is what we do with, God with, with, with what God has put in us. And I'm challenging us this morning to step up. We have to step up. That, that, that is not good enough. The Lord is calling us to do more. The Lord requires more of us. Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with your whole being for the Lord and not for men. 
Will we always get it right? No, we won't always get it right. But the challenge to us is to give God our absolute best, to make the effort every time to give him our best. And sometimes you may never get the recognition. You may never get the pat on the back to say, wow, that's a nice drawing. You may never get the award to say, wow, you're, you're the best Sunday school teacher that we have. But it shouldn't matter. Rather than a pat on the back from men, wouldn't we prefer to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant? For too long, we have devoted our time and talents to things that are worldly and not things that benefit the kingdom. And this morning is a call to action to ensure that we give God a great return on what he has invested in us. And I want to challenge you with something. Remember the example I gave earlier of investor A and investor B. Investor B, investor A invested in stocks and over the one year period made $2,000, had an ROI of 100%. Investor B invested in the savings account and over the one year period had an ROI of 10%. And remember, I painted the scenario of somebody who got a hold of the statement of each investor. And on the face of it, they would say, well, wow, investor B is doing well. You made a profit of 100,000. And investor A, yeah, so-so, he just made a profit of 1,000. Not knowing the value of what the investor had put in each account. And you see, the bystander sees the profit but the bystander does not know the value of the investment. What I'm saying to us this morning is let us stop looking at the returns or the profits that we see evidenced in others and comparing ourselves to them. Stop looking at, 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 at person A and, or person B and saying, wow, the value of, of his profit is 100000 And you look at person, person A and say, wow, only $100,000, yeah, average. But you don't know what God has put into each, each person. Only the investor knows the value of the investment. So only the investor can determine whether the ROI is acceptable or not. And I'm going to use Pastor Aber as an example. We know that Pastor Abel has the gift of leadership. Sister Ruth has the gift of the prophetic. And you could be comparing yourself to them and thinking, boy, my return is, 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 is only 1,000 because all I can do is teach Sunday school. And Pastor Abel is pastor and, she, and she's a good leader and mentor. Sister Ruth has the gift of the prophetic and she operates so powerfully in that gifting. But let me challenge you as I close. What if you knew Pastor Ava a few years ago when she was teaching or leading a women's group, I think it was at, at Swallowfield, or leading a women's group at the church she attended in Texas? What if you knew her back then and she was operating powerfully in that gifting, very good women's leader? But what if that was not all that God invested in her? But you are looking on. And you're saying, oh my gosh, she's, she's, she's so dynamic and she speaks so powerfully and so charismatic and all of that you're looking at. 
and you're thinking, wow, her RRI must be 100%. But she knows and God knows that what he put in her requires more than what she was given. What the Lord required from her is a return of faith that said, leave the familiar, leave your comfort zone and start a church called New Life Horizon. What if that's the return of faith that is going to activate not only the gift to form NLH, but activate the gift in her to develop and mentor others in leadership, not just in US, but in Jamaica, in Kenya, and all the, 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 the area, the regions that, that, that she, she touches with her ministry. But instead of producing that return of faith that would have required her to make that move, she would have been satisfied with leading women. And you looking on would be applauding and say, wow, 100%. But God is looking on and saying, mm -mm, you're not ready yet. What am I saying? Stop comparing yourself to others. Only investor A and investor B knew the value of what they put in. Only God knows the value of what he puts in to you. Do not use someone else's performance as a measure of your own performance. Let us, let, let, let us, let us look at the one who buried the talent, the servant who buried the talent. What did the master say to that servant? He gave him a negative ROI. What did the master say? He said, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they're given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant out into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. None of us want the Lord to say that of us. It's going to require us stepping outside of our comfort zone. It's going to require us sacrificing our time. We, we all are mourning and at the same time celebrating concerning Nicole. We mourn her loss. We mourn the loss for her family but we're celebrating the fact that she's in the arms of her Lord and Savior. None of us know when the number is going to come after the dash, as Ms. Rifa referenced this morning. We don't know the date that is coming after the dash. So Ms. Rifa, you didn't even know that you were speaking to the message this morning in referencing the dash, because this message is a challenge to us about what we do with that dash. And we may be patting ourselves on the back and comfortable because we're doing what to somebody else looks okay. But God is saying, you're not maximizing your dash. Your, the return that I'm getting from you does not measure up to the value of the investment that I have put in you. I need more of you. I require more of you. So will you step up this morning? I, this is a challenge for me as well, because I know that sometimes I shortchange the Lord. 
I encourage each and every one of us to examine ourselves this morning in the context of this message. And maybe it is, you're not even sure what the investment God has put in you is. This is a time where you need to go before the Lord and say, Lord, show me. Show me what it is you have deposited in me. I do not wish to go home with a dormant talent. I do not wish to go home with a gift that was not activated because of my laziness or because of my fear or because of my lack of faith. Let us at the last moment be able to say, I am going home empty because I've given everything that the Lord required of me. I've give, given him maximum return for the investment that he has made on me. Amen. Amen.